0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com. The, the reason that I'm really here is that is, uh, Purim's coming up, and I, I thought to myself, Baruch, if I don't share this share from our from Shem Pinkies with all of you, then um, it's, I'm going to have to give Din Becheshma for it. I'm serious. He has an insight into Purim that I've never heard before. I heard it many years ago, and I have to tell you that it changed my life. And it changed my Purim, and it's changed a lot of people's lives. And I would like to give you, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about, about this insight in Purim. So there's a few questions. Question number one it says, Mishinichnas ader marvin besimcha. Right? When ader comes in, you should be, be marvin besimcha. But the Shulchan Aruch doesn't tell us how. When it says, Mishinichnas of mamatin besimcha, it tells us how. No meat, no wine, no weddings, right? It tells us how to be mamatin besimcha. The same Shulchan Aruch tells you you should be marvin besimcha. Doesn't tell you you should get up and, and have a you know every morning in in ador, right? Doesn't have to tell you that you have it anyway. But anyway, okay. <laughs> but, but seriously, doesn't it just tells you you should be happy? Now how many guys in here can say that you know they keep? I'm serious. That, that since ador you have a cheshbin, that you're walking around happier that you did something that's making you happier. It's not a magnum simply. You should do something to make you happier. What are you doing? What's making you happy? Right? If you're doing well in life, you're happy. If you're not doing well in life, you're not happy. It doesn't matter whether it's do or not. So how can the how can I tell you be more happy? Because Ray Walshe said be more happy. How are you making yourself more happy? It doesn't give us an insight on how to do it. It's telling us what we have to do, but it's not telling us how to be married simcha. So it's a very heavy kasha. It's very hard to understand. But when it comes to Mamatami Simcha, it tells you how. So there's one answer that naturally we're happy in. Is we, you don't have to tell me how to be more happy. But to tell me to be more sad, then you have to tell me how. Because I'm not the kind of person that's going to be more... That, that, so that, is it, if the luck it was to be more sad, you wouldn't know what to do. It comes to happy, oh, we should be happy? Okay, we'll be happy, we'll be happier. But, but what does that mean? Like, how do you do that? So I think if you have the insight into what Purim is, you'll understand that. That's one question. Another question is, it says that Yom Kippur is Yom Kippurim. So when you would say R.C. Cola is like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is better than... Whatever you're comparing to, right? When you say like Rabbi Wallstein has an outside shot like Michael Jordan, right? So Michael Jordan is a better outside shot than Rabbi Wallstein, right? So whatever you're So when you say Yom Kippurim means that Purim is greater than Yom Kippur. Now, come on. If I I wasn't giving you a speech here today, and, and I came in here and I said, guys, what is the holiest day of the year? Every single one of you would say Yom Kippur, I hope. Because that's what you think, you know, Suk is and tshuvas. It's all very old. Everything's holy. But Yom Kippur? Come on, Yom Kippur is there's Yeshiva Talmud's for so the whole. The whole Yom Kippur. I mean, come on. And <laughs> on <laughs> hey! 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 and on and on Purim. Rosh The whole Purim. I'm not saying anything. Okay. Anyway. So so how could Yom Kippur be? How could Yom Kippur be not as big as Purim? It's very hard to understand. Right? What does this mean? Right? You drink on Purim. Right? You drink on Purim. You eat on Purim. You get dressed up on Purim. You make noise in Shul on Purim. The only day you let him make noise in Shul. Right? You make noise on Shul when they say Haman. So so you can compare that to Yom Kippur, to Ne'ilah, to Kol Nidre? Come on. So so, so what are you talking about? How, how do you say Yom Kippur is, is Yom Kippur is like Purim? You should say Purim. It's like Yom kipper, what's going on over here? It seems to be there's something extremely, extremely holy. What is really holy about Purim? On top of that, it says that when Mashiach comes, Purim is going to stay ayamdav. Mashiach's coming. I mean, this is like serious. Elam Habal, the new world. We're going to walk around with masks and bang on the floor when they say hamon and, 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 and drink and eat hamantashen. That's what, that's what Mashiach is coming for? Yes! When she comes, we are going to keep Purim. Why? So there seems to be something subtly in the background about Purim that most of us, not you, but me, right, don't really have our finger on. This is a crazy holy day. Well, not holiday, holy day, right? But what's going on over here? So I'm going to give you a very interesting insight. And maybe, maybe it's what been spoken about here, maybe not, I don't know. So there's a fantastic midrashim on on Megillus Esther. The Mamlayus brings down a few a few midrashim. I want to start with this so you, you have to have a little bit of a to go in very deep into your head and have a little bit of an understanding of what I'm about to say. But so it says the following it says that a on Purim, in fact, where it says in the pereg that <coughs> what happened that that Mordechai knew what happened, right? And he went in the middle, let's see where we are over here, where he went, in the middle he started started screaming and crying right, let's go back to Perek it's in Perek dollar, Perek dollar, Perek Dala Perek Dala oh here we are, okay So first of all you need to know that in all the Kabbalistic writings we know that when it says HaMelech and it doesn't say HaMelech HaChashverosh it's talking about a Kodesh Baruch number one We'll get into that a little bit later. But here, it says, What did he know? Right? What did he know? So, he wasn't scared of Haman. We know that, right? He didn't bow down to him. He had no fear of Haman. <laughs> he had no fear of Achashverosh. He was Mordechai Yehudi. So, Haman came out. Amalek came out. Went zero. They're going to destroy all the children and all the women. And Mordechai should have said, Huh? Eh, He's going to go down the same way the Buchanetzah went down, the same way Paro went down. Well, we're not scared of this guy. We're going to go to Shul. We're going to dive in. We're going to learn. We're going to trust in Hashem. We're going to be fine. Look what happens. He falls apart. He falls apart. He goes into the middle. He's far bitter. He's screaming. What are you doing? Gather these shivas. make a day of learning, say to what are you freaking out for? And the answer is, what the Medrash says, Well Mordecai called Hashem had nothing to do with Haman and Achishverosh. Mordecai had an avias and he saw that Hashem signed a decree that every woman, man and child, every Jew will die. The first time in the history of the world that God, that Hashem ever wrote a decree to destroy his own children. Mitzrayim, he said, you're going in, you're coming out. The Gullis that were in, he said, you're going in, when Mashiach's going to come, you're going out. Here, for the first time, Mordecai saw in the vias that HaKadosh Baruch signed a decree that we're finished. So he went into the middle of the city and he said to everybody, "So G'day Allah, this never happened before. Hashem, sign and decree that we're done and he didn't know what to do and the Mebush says that it's totally true and that when it says before that Haman and the Melech wrote right to destroy Yisrael, right Haman Right? And he said that there's a, there's a, a nation that's before it and, and they don't get along with each other. Right? And he said, If it's okay with the king, you should write of them to destroy them. So the Medrash says that it was talking about the al Esav that was talking to the Melech, not because it doesn't say Melech HaKashverosh, and wherever in the Megillah it doesn't say Melech HaKashverosh, it's just talking about Hashem. So that he saw in the Vua that the sashal Esav came before my Kodesh if it's okay with God, since Kala Yisrael is, is before it, there's no actors, they don't get along with each other, they're all fighting each other, or are talking bad about each other, therefore if it's okay with the king, with Hashem, it should be written to destroy them. V'kach So the Medjah says that Eliyahu Nabi came running to Moshe Rabbeinu, and he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, for the first time in the history, Moshe Rabbeinu, we are in such trouble. Because even by the Eidel, Hashem never wrote the Gezerah. He came to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, I want to destroy Klayitra. Moshe Rabbeinu said, Micheni namasera. but It never happened. But Hashem never signed on the bottom line that we should be destroyed. So he went to Moshe Rabbeinu. Leonev, he said, Moshe Rabbeinu, your people that you said you should read the measures. The people that you saved, the people that you gave the title to, they're about to be destroyed. You need to go to Rosh Baruch You are the best davener of and You are the Koyach of Tila. You must break the K'zairah. Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem, said to Eliyahu Navi, it depends. If the K'zairah is written in blood, I cannot do anything for you. If the K'zairah is written in ink, we'll cry the tears of K'zairah, we'll wipe the K'zairah, the signature of Hashem's ink away. Eliyahu Nabi said to my Benu, how am I going to know? I can't get into the Kisar Kavok. I don't know. I'm not going to get to look at the gzera." And my Benu said something amazing, which I'm going to tell you It's amazing. He said, you don't have to see the gzera in Shemayim because there's Xero in Shemayim, there's Xero in Aretz. See how it's written in this world and you'll know how it's written in the next world. So Eliyahu know, came down to this world and he went to see how Haman wrote it. And if you look in the in the Megillah Esther, it says, the cut to write them, lo to destroy them. And the minute Elianovi saw that, he was so happy, he flew up to Shemayim. He said to My Shabanu, it is not in blood, you can go and you can break it. How did he know? Because the Ghzeir itself was the word that was written, to destroy them spells Lobadam. The Ghzeir that Haman wrote, he wrote with his own hands, lo of it is not in blood. And when Novi saw this, he ran to my Shabbanu, he said, It is not in blood! Roshebana said then you have nothing to worry about. Now what does that mean in blood? Who's blood? Hashem has no blood? You think he has no vat of blood next to his Kisa cover, and dips his feather in and signs it? So what is this what is this blood or ink? So here's you gotta put your heads on for a minute. In the in the other world, not on this world, there is no time. There's no future, there's no past. There's no present. Time, as you know in science, right, is based on the earth, going around the sun. There's no sun up there, there's no earth, there's no moon, there's no time. So even though it's hard to understand, it's a very hard concept, future, past, present, it's all the same moment. (coughs) By the Olympics, you can see it, that somebody going downhill skiing, they won by a hundredth of a second. So we're already able to split a second into a hundred parts. Now, what's a second? That's a second. They can split that into hundred parts. So if you're in the fiftieth part of the second, in the second itself, there's a past, right? The first fifty parts. The fifty part where you are, which is the present. And the next fifty parts, which is the future. So in one clap, we as human beings are able to see a past, a future, and a present in one second. In Shemaya, you have to be able to squeeze that second into nothing and that's why Hashem knows this is a very interesting concept which is a little hard to understand but it says that Hashem showed Adam from the beginning of the world to the end of the world Hashem showed Moshe from the beginning of the world to the end of the world one second how could you show Adam and Moshe what's going to happen that means I have no Bechira if Moshe knows that I'm going to do this Avera then I have no choice I have to do the Avera this is a famous question that desire talks about and Zaire explains that the only way Hashem knows what you did What you're going to do is because you did it. Now, that doesn't make sense logically, right? But in a world of no time, what you did, what you're doing, and what will be done is all the same. Now, that's a hard concept, because we're living with it a lot of time. I, to Shem, my brain is out of the box. So, for me, it's not so hard to understand, because for me, one plus one equals whatever you need it to equal. So, I live in a little bit, little bit of a different world. So, so, for me, it's like, I understand that. That's very cool. But I'll, I'll, try, to, I'll try to explain it to you in a, in a little bit of a... You can imagine what my marks in math were. Right? So, um, I'll explain it to you in a little bit of a way that you'll understand. So, I'm on a nick game. And um, there's three seconds left and the Knicks of course are losing uh, by one point and there's a guy standing in the corner about to take a shot and I'm sitting in the stands and this guy's about to take a shot and if he hits it Knicks win, he misses, Knicks lose right, so I'm sitting there and I'm like oh my gosh he's going to shoot all the way from the corner I'm screaming at him, don't shoot there's a guy underneath, pass it but that guy's not listening to some Jew in the stands right? so he takes the shot and of course, as the Knicks always do, he misses. And, <laughs> and, and, I, I, and, I'm a, and I'm a Knicks fan. And I'm a Knicks fan. Anyway, listen. The truth is the truth. Or she says, "Say the truth." Okay. Listen. As bad as they are, they're still better than the Jets. Okay. Anyway. So. Okay. It's a little New York stuff. A little And the Mets. Anything that rhymes with Jets and Mets. Okay. Anyway. And the Mets. Yes. Okay, no, the Rangers are good. They'll leave the Rangers alone. <laughs> leave the Rangers alone. Okay, so... Maybe if you drink enough on porta, the, the Jets will look like there's something. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but anyway, so here he is. He takes the shot, he misses. And I'm like, okay, game over. And like always, going down Madison Square Garden, everyone's mumbling, right? the Knicks lose, fine. I go home, and Michael Russo, who couldn't come to the game, he taped it. And he's like... Wolstein, don't don't tell me what happened because then I'm not going to watch. You're like, no, nope, no, nope, not going to say one word. Let right? you watch the game. So for now, for you to understand this, now he's watching, right, the game on recording. But for him, every second's live because he wasn't there. He's watching the game, and there's three seconds left in the game, and I'm in the kitchen, and he's sitting watching, and the guy's in the corner, right, and he's screaming at the TV, no, don't shoot, pass it, and I'm like. He's not going (laughs) to. There's no way that you're going to see him pass it. Why? Because I was at the game and he didn't pass it. So even though what he is watching is happening now in his life, I know that he can't pass it. How do I know that he can't pass it? Because he didn't. Are you following this at all? (laughs) So, in the other world, the path future. So Hashem knows and knew Hashem knew that I was going to speak in Medrash today. Why? Because I'm speaking in Medrash. <coughs> if I would not be speaking in Medrash, then Hashem would know that I'm not speaking in Medrash. So you all have the hero. Everything that you do, you have choice. He only knows what you what you did because you did it. Okay, now this is why am I telling you this? Stop to make you crazy on, on a Wednesday afternoon? No. <laughs> the reason I'm telling you this is that you have to understand that if Hashem signed the paper the kriya that we are going to die we died because at the same moment that he signed the Gezerah we're dead now I'll explain to you what I'm saying Eliyahu told Eliyahu go down and look how they wrote the Gezerah the Gezerah says lo badam so Haman without knowing, wrote a Zerah to destroy us, and at the same time said, but there will be no blood. No one's going to die but him. So in the Zerah that he wrote, he said there will be no blood. So when he was asking, when, when he was Eliyot, was asking, Moshe Abedah wanted to know, is there blood? The blood on the signature of Hashem would have been the death of the whole Klai Yisrael. So the minute he saw it, it said, low by down that there is no blood, he came back, Moshe Abedah said... It ain't happening. I don't know how we're going to break this. There's no blood. No Jewish blood. So now you can go down. It's fascinating. So it's interesting that Haman himself and so many times, Russia himself wrote the end of the story without even realizing it. The letters and the word that he wrote to destroy us, destroyed him. Beautiful. I love it when, when a story comes together like this. It's <laughs> amazing. So okay. So now, listen carefully. So now that meant that at some point it was written, right? That we should be totally destroyed. And that's what Haman that's what he thought that he were gonna do and I find it very interesting. I think I spoke to you about it last time, that you know, if you if you, you look at things that are written in this world, they tell you a lot by, by how the people wrote it. For instance, you know, the web, right? So the internet's called the web. It's a weird word for technology. You know, that's way back, you know? Insects, spiders, webs, right? I remember, mean, you know, you go to camp sometimes and you walk into that bunk the first time you're like, get, ugh, what's that, ugh, right, you know? Because you can't see it, you bump into it, there's a feeling on your face, it's weird. Right, then you try to pull it off and it just sticks all over you. Why, why do spiders make webs like that? Because the whole thing of the spider is to catch the fly who's flying through the air in the greatest trapeze and having a great life and he's flying, he's flying, and all of a like, uh-oh, I'm stuck. And then he tries to move out of it, and he gets more stuck. And the spider's like, supper. <laughs> right? And if you read about spiders, they're really nasty insects. Because you know what they do, to that, to, 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 do it to that fly? They go, and they put like a stinger into it, and they suck out the fly's blood. But they don't kill the fly. I was told to tell this speech specifically before dinner. Right? They don't kill them. terrible. They don't kill no, them. They just take enough blood that it stays alive. And then the fly is stuck in this web, right, with nothing to eat, so he regurgitates the blood and the spider goes back and it does it again. And like this, this fly keeps the spider alive for a while and then the, the fly dies. He mamish tortures the fly. Mamish the web. You don't see it coming. You, you just go in there to see Rabbi Wallstein's <laughs> shear. Right? Or you're, you need it for homework or for the time. You're surfing, right? And you got this... He's got yeah, this guy surfing in California. And then right behind him, he's like, na And he's surfing, and that big fin is out of the water. Nah, 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 and all of a sudden, boom, surfboard. And boy, for supper, a land shark, right? Who said land shark? That's old. Oh, that's good, yeah. That's very old. All right. Anyway. So, so here you are. Why did this guy who made the internet... Call it the web! So look at the gizera. Look at the gizera. Because it is a web. And it is a spider. And you're the fly. And you're never going to see it coming. It's going to get you. And the more you struggle, the deeper you're going to get into it. And it's going to take you down little by little by little. How many guys watch pornography that I know that, 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 that they're getting divorced because they're tribal guys and their wife Knew how to get onto the computer, and she's like, What is my Kailu guy looking at? Because girls, they think, you know, you're a Kailu guy, you're a child. like, What is this garbage, right? But once I want a divorce. He's sick. He's addicted. He's this. And I'm like, Calm down. He's a guy. Right? <laughs> Calm down. He's not addicted. Let's not get crazy. Let's not go for a divorce. Let's talk about it. When I get the guy in the room, though, rip his head off. Are you crazy? You're out of your mind. You're sitting, you're learning tomorrow. You're deep. You're in with Tyra, and then you're going onto this web. Are you letting the spider suck all your Kedusha out of you? And then you go back to learn the next day? And then he sucks your Kedusha out again? What are you looking at? What are you doing? You know, to her, I say stay married. To him, I'm like, Yadier yeah, mind what are you doing? He's just taking your Kedusha. So of course it's called the web. What are you looking at this stuff for? The same eyes? The same eyes that's looking at a Gamara? The same eyes that are looking at this woman that's not dressed? What are you doing? And the answer is, you never saw it coming. You were you surfing... And you were looking at not such bad things. And all of a sudden, a pop-up, of this, or that, or another thing. Your friend sent you a funny email. And before you know it, and the guys are like, I don't, I, I don't even know how I started this. I'm addicted to this. I, 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 look, I watch it all the time. I don't know how, I, and I said, I know how you got started. You were just flying like a little fly. And you got caught in a web. That's why they call it a web. That's why they call it the net. Why they call it the net. Look at the definition of a net. It's a thing that catches things that don't want to be caught. Butterflies, fish. So they called it a net. Why? Why did they give it all this technology, all these weird names? So I'm, I'm thinking to myself look what they're teaching you about La'afdah. Look at the Xero. Look at the words. They're telling you, you are in a net. You are in a web. You are in a place that you need to escape. And that's why we wrote the keyboard? I do not understand this. They wrote enter and they wrote escape. What happened to exit? Look at the keyboard. The keyboard says, enter. You put in your information. Check out the keyboard. And then it says, SCP, escape. Escape? What am I, a slave? What am I in jail? And the answer is yes. I have not got an answer. I want to know, whoever wrote that keyboard, why did they use the word escape? Isn't that weird? You're on the internet. I entered and I have to escape? Look at look at the Xero. I didn't write it. This is not my... I didn't write escape. That's what I would have written. Why did the guy in write the word Escape? Why did they write exit? The opposite of enter is exit. Why did they? So, because they knew that once you go into that world, you're not coming out. You're in prison and you're a slave. So the two things that people have to escape from: prison and slavery. They wrote it. They wrote of well, the. Uh, they wrote the xero. So you got to be smart enough to look at net, web, escape. What's going on over here? Then someone just told me, what did he tell me? He said, someone called me last week, he said, iPhone, right? iPhone is Aleph, Yun, Hey, Vav, Nun, spells Neof." I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know that one, right? <laughs> if you want to translate Neof, it's a pretty heavy word. Okay, so it depends the gears, so if it's an Ayin or an Aleph, I'm not sure. But that's what he told me, iPhone spells Neof. So it's all there. Just gotta, just gotta look at the words. I'm serious. Why did they call it a web and a net and escape? So, Kaddish Baruchu, told all know, If you want to know what you're in, just look at the people. Because the people who write it, they don't even understand why they're using those words. Okay, I got that off my chest. We can go on. So, let's go a little bit further. So here is Kaddish Baruchu wrote this gzerah. That we're that we're done. Okay. Hashem's been angry at us before. You know, second base of Bengalsh, we've done some bad stuff before. Okay. The problem here is that Hashem wrote to Jairah that we're dead. Okay, but we have a big god though. We have Mordechai. He'll save us. Mordechai will save us. No, Mordechai won't save us. Mordechai got us into this. By not bowing down to Haman Mordechai is not a friend of the Jews. In fact, we did not like him at all. He did not let us go to the party. We did not like him at all. And the party is a whole, different, a whole different story, which was also a huge... I don't have, it's not my share today, but if you learn the Medrash it was a huge trap. Because, because Achashverosh, who was not a good guy, Achashverosh told Haman, what are you, how are we going to destroy the Jews? Are you crazy? We can't destroy the Jews. They beat, my, they beat Nebuchadnezzar. They beat everybody. He says, we are going to get them to do the worst thing that a Jew can do we're going to get them to assimilate we're going to get them to show their God that they don't want to be part of his nation they want to be part of the other nation so they were very careful to make a party but the wine listen to this the wine it says the wine was for each single person what does that mean? so the Medrash says it was for each single person even for the Jews the the wine was was poured by Jewish waiters by Jewish waiters there shouldn't be INSF everything was perfect now let me tell you guys something about drinking okay outside outside of an unbelievable Medrash Tanchuma an unbelievable Medrash Tanchuma you have to see Medrash Tanchuma in Noach and the Medrash Tanchuma in Noach says that when Noach came out of the table he was in a lot of pain he watched through the table through the window he watched the whole world be destroyed I mean that's pretty painful Right, he watched people float by that were dead. He, he was, it was it was not a good scene. Children and people. He wasn't happy. He, he was in a lot of pain. So when he came out of the table, what was the first thing he did? He planted a vineyard. Right? He says, uh-huh, I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to drink. Right? He did. The magic says this. He planted a vineyard, and the vineyard the vineyard was from again. So when he planted it, it grew in one second. The grapes, everything, everything happened in one second. You have to wait. Unbelievable. And what did he do? You have to, I, I wish I would have the Mejitan here. The Mejitan Puma says that he was standing there. If you have one, I would like to read it from inside. He was standing there and he's planting this kerem, and the sultan came. Yeah. came. And the sultan came. And the sultan said to him, What are you doing? And he said, I'm planting grapes. And the sultan said, Why are you planting grapes? And he said, I'm planting it. Oh, beautiful. I'm planting it for wine. Yeah. Alright, now I gotta find you. It. It's very dangerous when you quote something and it's like, I made that up. Okay. But no, I did not make this up at all. This is crazy... In fact, I spoke about this in a shul where they had a... Um, I spoke about this in a shul where they had a, um, a... a kiddish club. Really, and I let them have it and they never invited me back. They never invited me back. I'm serious. I'm serious. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, this is not the whole medshtang. Form, okay. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. I got it, I got it. You're down. Listen to this. Listen to this. This, is, this is amazing. Mayita Kerev. And I I want you to know that I said it a prayer before I walked in, as I always do. should come out of my mouth when you need to hear not what I need to say. And I definitely didn't have this medshtang home in mind. That's for sure. So somebody needs to hear it, probably me. And you'll listen in. Right. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Listen to this. So he plants his tree. How I No. Not it. Hold on. Does that Shiva to find it? I'm sure that Shiva knows it. Hold on. It says that he, became, he acted like a monkey, and he was jumping around, and then he gave him the blood of a chazer. He it four different animals. Let's hmm. see if I can find it. Definitely a medjish tenchumer, not a... Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. It's here, 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 it's here. It's here, it's here. Oh, here we go. Beautiful. Okay. You guys were thinking I made it up already. Yeah, yeah. I right. Oh, we got Wallace. he caught him. He can't find him. Yeah, 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 Not so lucky. A lot of other stuff I made up, but not this. Okay. Here we go. Kishabar and I are Peter Karen, but Noah went to plant his vineyard. Ba sucked the sucking came But I'm front of him and he stood in front of him. I'm low. What are you planting? First of all, never answer the satan We see when Chava did it. What happened? Don't talk to him. Tell him go, go, go. Ask somebody else. Go. <laughs> go online and Google it. Okay. <laughs> I love this guy. Anyway, listen. So he says like this. I'm Karen, I'm planting a vineyard. All oh, the Satan is the nice. He just asks like little questions. I'm alone. Mativo. What's what's the use, what's the good part of of having a vineyard? Um, Amalol, Noach said, Grapes are sweet, whether moist or dry, they're raisins, right? And this was his mistake. And we make from it wine that makes your heart happy. And the Satan said, Oh, we got a good business? Bob, Come! Let's become partners in the vineyard. Amalo, Okay? He said the first time anyone ever said over a glass of wine, l'chayim. Noach said to the Satan, l'chayim. Isn't that nice? Nice, huh? No? Okay. the Satan. What did the Satan do? Now he's a partner. So, like Satan, what are you putting into this business, right? This is a crazy man. I always find these. So, heavy kavash, he brought a lamb. The sultan brought a lamb. Bahargo. And he killed it. Killed the lamb. Tachas HaGefen. Underneath the vine. Underneath the, the graves. Achakach. After that. Heavy Ari. The sultan brought a lion. Bahargo. And he killed him. Achakach. Heavy Chazir. He brought a Chazir. Baharage. And he killed him. Achakach. Heavy Kof. He brought a monkey. Bahargo. And he killed them. All these four. Right? Chazir. A monkey. A lion. And a lamb. And he took their blood. And he took their blood. And he poured it to to fertilize that vineyard. Okay, the <laughs> and the the vineyard sucked up all their blood. Ramazlow, so the sultan said to to, um, to what's it called to to Noah. Listen to this. Before you start drinking, and it's not only wine; it's any any alcohol. Shani you're a regular guy. You don't know anything. Before they, sh- before they share it, you know, you're a regular guy. When you start drinking enough, what happens to you? You're a man. I know guys that they are so socially inept. They don't even know how to talk to someone else. They start drinking, they're like, hey, what's up? What's going on with you? I'm like he's gonna to talk to nobody. All of a sudden, he's the life of the party. He's drunk, right? So he says, "First, girl, shepsula." you start to drink. What happens to you? You become a lion. Like I can handle anything. You want to fight, man? Hey, you're five foot four. The guy, you, the guy you're arguing with, he's six foot two. He's a football player. I don't care. I can take him down. You know that guy's drinking a little bit, right? For sure. Okay, so that's what he says. All of a sudden, he becomes, he becomes like a lion. Anchor I my and there's no one like him. Okay. When he starts to drink too much Becomes like a pig He wets himself I'm reading you, I'm reading you a medrash I'm not saying this He wets himself Now listen to the medrash He wants to be nice Not only does he wet himself Other stuff too okay. This is a medrash Now He's blitzed Right? That's the translation of the shakir. he becomes a monkey. He gets up on the bar. This is a magic show. This is a He gets up. He starts to dance. He starts to make jokes. He starts to curse. He has no idea what he's doing. And all this happens to Noach and we know what happened. Yitakah was drunk, and Kham came in, and, and that whole situation that happened afterwards. So, not stam. Don't think that. And what was his big mistake? I heard a rub, who spoke about this. His big mistake was that he told the sultan that this is what's from Sameach Yalev. That wine. That's what if you want to be happy. That's what you need to do. You need to drink. The sultan said, "Really? That's how we're going to make people happy? Then I'm going to put my ingredients into this drink. You're not going to, to make wine by yourself." I'm going to put in the, the monkey and the awi and the pig. I'm going to put that all into. So in alcohol lives, since the day they became partners, lives the ability, chasrusholem, when used the wrong way, to, to be partners with the satan. So guys who drink, I'm very anti-drinking, of course not on Purim, but any other time. I'm very anti-drinking my weddings. By Sully's wedding there was no alcohol, unless guys snuck in. tell you that. Why? Because for that reason. If you have to drink, if you have to get drunk to, to be happy for your friend at his wedding, then you are not his friend. If you can't jump up and down and be مسameach, your friend unless you're high, then guess what? You are not that guy's friend. And if, if, you're, if you're a chassan and you have to drink to be happy, then you are not happy. That is not why a person drinks. The godless of, of, of wine is actually the godless of wine, and I think the Rosh She will be behind me on this, and why what this is the Zayar, and the Zayah talks about wine, and it says that the reason that we make buried pre-guffin and the reason to buy a brisk and a pigeon, and a pigeon, and a chuppah. and 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 a Wine, 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 wine. What's with wine? Not liquor, wine. It's because, according to one man the Omar, the eightance was grapes, and she knew that if Adam would see the grapes, he wouldn't partake in it. So it says in the Zayah, she she squashed, she she juiced the grapes, and he drank from the juice. So the first Avera that was ever done, was done with Yayin. And therefore, to correct it, we have all these mitzvahs and shabbos, but not to be a bunch of drunken guys throwing up in people's faces on Purim and acting like Mishugam that is the partnership with the Satan that is not a tikkun for the first Aveira of the Eitz Hadass that's not what it's about unless you drink and what ends up coming out of you is Kule Torah and before you do that you better be sure that you're Kule Torah because that's not what's going to come out of you <laughs> what's your secret the Rosh Hashiva's secret is a lot more Torah than he tells all of you Right? That's his secret. So if he drinks wine, his secret's going to come out. Yeah, a medrish, a gemara, a shir, that's what's going to come out. What's your secret? What's going to come out of you? What are you carrying inside that you're not telling anybody? Keep it secret. (laughs) That's for sure. That's not what Purim is all about. Depends what your sight is. before And I have to tell you, it is a disgrace. It is an absolute disgrace to see boys who are full of Torah on Purim to act like the Kaif. I know this medrash because I have seen guys, the Ari, the Kaif, and the Chazer come to my house, right, and, and throw up all over the place. What, what are you? I know what you are. I know where the wine is coming from. I know what you're doing. There's a medrash that says it. To the point, and I'll say it in front of all of you, but there were guys that wet their pants because they were so drunk. My children have to see Yeshiva boy wet his pants, laying on the floor, throwing up in the toilet. That's what my child should envision that he's going to be when he grows up. Yeah, sure everyone wants to be Yeshiva boy. That's what they're envisioning. (laughs) No, I'm very serious. We missed the whole point of Purim. The whole point. Now let me talk to you about what Purim is really all about. So there was a a terrible decree that Christ would be destroyed. Mordecai wasn't helping us. He was the guy who got us into trouble. So we had one, help, we had one hope left. You know, a lot of people that are into politics, even though it says, I couldn't care less. Obama's president, somebody else's president, people come to me, you should push for this guy, you should push for that. If the guy's anti-gays and lesbians, I push for him. That's it. That's all I'm interested in. I'm not interested in all the other stuff. And if he's anti-abortion, I don't care. All the other baloney he loves Israel. He doesn't love Israel. Nobody loves Israel. Whatever's good for him, he wants votes, it's all about So, but a lot of people are like, We got the right people in the White House, we got a good is connected to this guy, this guy's connected to this guy. And I laugh, I'm like, you idiots. We thought we had the right people in the German parliament too. We had Jews in the German parliament. This is not gonna save you. People walk around, you have to make political ties. I'm like, right. Okay. Hashem runs the world, not politics. But anyway, the Jews. And Shushan said, oh my gosh! Esther's a Jew. She's married not to Nothing can happen to us. She's going to save us. Hashem's not going to save us. Mordechai got us into trouble. We got the lady. The first lady is ours. Imagine, we found out that the uh, Ayatollah of Iran, he wants to wipe us out. We know that. And we found out that he's marrying an Israeli girl. They don't know that she's Israeli. And she works for the Mossad.
1: (laughs) So
0: we're like, we're like walking around like, alright! Now you shoot a guy's in the army, not in the army. Hashem's here, Hashem's there, Hashem's nowhere. I don't know. But we we got nothing to worry about because the Ayatollah is married to one of us. So she's either going to kill him, right? Or she's going to whisper in his ear, don't shoot nuclear bombs at the Israelis, right? But what happens? The Jews thought, we have Esther. We're good. We have nothing to worry about. And then one day, all over the Jewish newspapers, right? I don't think they had, you know, um, that thing they just sold for 19 million dollars, right? I don't think they what's WhatsApp and WhatsApp, so I don't think they could send those messages. But also, they're reading newspapers Esther the traitor, sleeping with the enemy. She is one of them. She got into the kingdom. We set this whole thing up. She got money. She got power. All of a sudden, she's inviting Hitler, right? Come on, She's inviting him to a party. Yeah. She got famous, got to her head. We're done. We're we don't got polit- We don't got a politician. We don't got God. We don't got a rabbi. We're finished. At that point, Kleistro should have packed up, got out of there, assimilated, and ran away. What did they do? Kimlu v'kiblu everything was against them the first time ever and forever that God rode his children off of and Kala Yisrael's reaction was fasting and davening and learning and the little children, little teeny children it says that Haman went to, to visit the yeshiva and they were fasting for three days, the little kids and the mothers came with food to give their little kids little kids, I'm talking about not bar mitzvah boys and the mothers came they said kinderloch you have to eat and they said no we're not, gonna, we're not eating. And it says that really saved us. Can you imagine what's going on? But Hashem said, you're dead! Mordechai got him into the trouble. you don't have anybody. What's going on here? Instead of being assimilating and running, the first time we were So let me explain to you what really, what happened. So there's this little boy, his name is Chaim. And no, no. And no, no, no. no, 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 no. Oh, we'll change the name. The little boy's name is Barrel, okay. So, so is there a barrel here? Then I can't use that name either. No barrel, okay. So, you'll hear there's a little boy named Barrel, and he comes to his father and he says, he says, "Daddy, you know my friend got a new bicycle, and I want a, I want a new bicycle. I want a new bicycle." His father said, "You don't deserve a new bicycle. You've not been doing well on your tests, and you have. I bought you a bicycle for Afikoman two years ago. You're nine years old. Just keep riding the bicycle that you have." And the kid's like, no, but Tati, he got a new bicycle. Could I get a new bicycle? And this kid ballers his father every day. Finally, father says, listen to me. Beryl, listen to me carefully. If you ask me again for a new bicycle, I am taking away your old bicycle. You will have no bicycle. Now get out of my room, and you better not ask me this again. Next morning, next morning, kid's on his way to yeshiva. Little nine-year-old, he comes to the corner, says, don't walk. It's flashy, don't walk. He's like, looks around, there's a car down the block. Ah, I can make it. Runs across the street against the sign, didn't see a car, car hits him, was flying into the air, terrible accident, hits the floor on his head, The all it comes, they're like, there's no way this kid's making it to the hospital alive. So they called the parents and like, you know, your son was crossing the street, he got hit by a car, you better get to the hospital if you want to see him alive, because he's not going to make it. And the parents get into the car. Nobody even knows it, and they run to the hospital. And it's it's crazy, it's crazy. And they come to the hospital, and the doctor's like, "We going to do surgery, brain surgery." He got hit in the head, and they go into this room and they start doing the surgery. And the parents are like, calling every yeshiva. Everyone has to fast. Everyone has to daven. All his friends and the whole family. You know, you know, a little barrel. He's in, danger, and he's in danger. A lot of danger. And even his mic fell. Okay, so so we'll put it on standing. Anyway, so they're, they're beyond. They are beyond themselves and all of a sudden the doctor comes out after about three hours and he's all white and he turns to the parents and he says I'm really sorry I have bad news we, we just lost him he just stopped breathing I'm, I'm really sorry I don't know what to say and the father and mother are like what? what are you talking about I, said, I, I, I don't know what to say and, 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 and the father he says what should I do I, 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 I'll, I'll call, I have to call the Chavra Khadisha nobody touch him nobody touch him nobody do, nobody do he's all mixed up he called the Chavra Khadisha they answered the phone like who is this he says I'm in the hospital my boy is better and what's your name I don't know my name. Uh, what's your name? You gotta tell us your name. I don't know. And all of a sudden, as he's saying this, and his wife's screaming, and everything's crashing. And all of a sudden, this nurse comes running out of the a- operating room. Doctor, you gotta get back in. We got him back. We got a pulse. We got. We got him back. He's breathing. Hurry up! And I was like, what? He went, yes, we got him back. And she schleps him, in and he goes back into the into the room. And the parents are like, Oh my God, he's back. He's breathing. And they start calling everybody. Double, double, take on, take on, take on all kinds of things. You're going to get rid of your. Fu-. And the whole town is going crazy. They're being macabre stuff. The whole, they're going crazy, right? <laughs> Two hours later, the doctor walks out. And he's smiling. He's like, I don't, I, I don't know what you people do, but this is the greatest miracle. This kid was gone. He said, I finished the operation. He should be up in about two hours. I don't know if he's going to be able to think, talk. You know, with with a brain operation. I don't know how he's going to come out of this. We'll see in two hours. The parents said, David, Hashem, please. And, everyone's, and the whole place is going crazy. So two hours later, the doctor walks out. He says, he just woke up. And the first thing he said when he woke up, where's my tati, where's my mommy? He seems to know. We did eye testing and hearing and everything. It seems to be that there's no damage. There's no brain damage. We just did a CAT scan. We don't see anything. It's a miracle. And the father's like, wow, that's fantastic. Can I talk to him? Can I please talk to him? And they're like, well, we're bandaging him up. We're sewing him up. In an hour, we'll let you in. So in an hour, they open the door and they say to the father and mother, go, go talk to your son. And he's sitting there all propped up in bandages and everything. And his father bends down to him. and says, Beryl, I love you more than anything in the world. Beryl, when you're better... I'm gonna get you a brand new bicycle. <laughs> 10 speed, red, with a big light and a big horn, and, and it would, it's gonna be the best bicycle in the whole world. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? The best bicycle! Just get better! <laughs> and I was like, okay, And two months later, he's coming out of the hospital, and the father's making the suit as dog. And all his friends are there, and the whole town is there. This is unbelievable. He came back from the dead, and everyone's all excited. And he walks into the house, and of course, he walks in, and there, this huge, gorgeous bicycle, the newest bicycle, platinum—I don't know, chromium—what they're made out of today. Crazy stuff with with hot lines on it. It's amazing, and it's welcome home, Beryl. And there's the whole Toys R Us. Is there. There's like there's like games and there's teddy bears and. And his whole family and his friends and all his rabbeim, everybody's there. And it's the biggest surah, it's the biggest day. I don't understand the story at all. His father should have walked in and said, I love you, but I got to tell you something. this kid do, everybody? (laughs) What did he do to deserve a party? What did he do to deserve a bicycle? The night before his father said, you don't deserve a bicycle. Don't ask me again. So he went ahead, went across what it said don't walk, got hit by a car, he did a terrible thing to his whole family and himself and now you're rewarding him with a bicycle? What happened? And there's no period in the world but the first thing they would tell the kid is, you're getting a bicycle. There's no parent in the world that would say, Oh, when you get home, baby, you're going to get one. <laughs> I what happened. And the answer is beautiful, says Rav Shim Shimpinkas. The answer is that at the moment that that father thought he lost Beryl, the bicycle had no meaning. Beryl's test marks had no meaning. Beryl crossing the street against the don't walk had no meaning. The only thing that had meaning is that Beryl should be alive. All that stuff lost its chashikers. So the father, when Beryl was alive, he realized and he said, you want a bicycle so bad, Shefala, you're alive, you're getting a bicycle. You're getting a party. You're alive. That's the only thing that counts. No one should ever know from this story. But this happened on Purim. This is what Shimshim Pink is. His godliness, his deepness, that Hashem took him away, I mean, there was a husband for Yeshiva Shomayalot. But this is his Purim Shir. And he's screaming on his tape. And he says, listen to me very carefully. On Purim, Hashem wrote, we're dead. The doctor came out and said, we lost them. Kalai is gone. Parents, children, husbands, wives, dead. Finished. Shem signed it. When he signed it, we were dead. And the malachim came to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and they said, you're not going to believe what's going on in the operating room. Chalai instead of giving up and stopping to breathe, they're dominating. They're fasting. They're learning. They're makabal. They're Allah. And Hashem says, they're alive? They're breathing? And he ran into the room and he went over to and he said, I love you. And anything you want, because I thought I lost you, whatever you want is yours. It says that on will put anyone who puts his hand out put something in it. Don't ask him I need a letter, what rabbi, what yeshiva put something in it. it says the Zayar that it's not talking about us. That I am him, Hashem says anyone who comes to me, I pour him and puts out his hand and asks me for something guaranteed I'll put it in his hand. Because I, God thought I lost my children. I signed the death certificate that they are dead. And they would not stop breathing. They came back to life And that moment In history Never ever happened before And will never ever happen again So Mashiach is nothing Compared to Purim Because Mashiach Hashem said You will suffer, you will go into an operation But you will come out alive Pesach, you will go into Mitzrayim You will suffer, they will be in operation But you will come out alive On Purim Hashem said, you will go in and you will not come out. You are dead. And Kali Yisho said, we are not. You gave up on us, but we will never give up on you. That moment of love and connection between us and Hashem never will happen again. And therefore, that moment HaKadosh Baruch Hu lives in and he says every Purim, it's not like it's a memory, it's Purim. It's, it's the same moment Hashem wants to relive over and over and over again. If Chas Shalom, a man was married and he thought he lost his wife and they said that she's gone and all of a sudden the same story and they brought her back, you think what day would be bigger? The anniversary? Churis? The Torah? Or the day that he thought he lost her and came back? What's more in his life? The day he married her or the day he thought she was gone? And he got her back. What's a more important day in his life? There's no more important yontas in Hashem's life than Purim. Yom Kippur? You want something on Yom Kippur? Hashem makes a din v'cheshman. You better earn it. He opens up this book. He opens up that book. He opens the other book. We've got to see if you deserve it, what your plan is, what your truth is. On Purim, no books. Just the opposite. Exactly what happened with this kid. Why did Hashem write that we should die? Because we went across the don't walk, we walked right into this party that we weren't supposed to walk into. We did a big avera. So how come we're not getting punished? And the answer is because we went, we came back to life. There's no chesedim. So in am there's no chesedim. You ask for something, there's no. They're not allowed to ask. Well, why does he deserve it? The sultan's mouth is shut. He can't say. What do you mean? Why does he deserve it? Why does this kid deserve it? He deserves to get a pet. Instead, he's getting a, he's getting a hug and a bicycle says, what are you talking about, I thought I lost my kids they came back on Purim, get out of here deserve it, whatever they want it is the most holy, important day of a person's life every single year and what do we do with this day we're sleeping we're drunk, of course the Shabbat knows that there's no on that day, oh my god whatever they ask for they're going to get I'll make sure they ask for another drink <laughs> another piece of cocoa. Vosikin, says the Kali Yasha. Vosikin Purim morning is the holiest time of the, of the year. Whatever you ask for Vosikin Purim morning, the Shemayim is, is wide over the whole Purim. And therefore, if you understand that you know what this day is, then the whole month is crazy. A girl's getting married September 15th, a boy's getting married September 15th, the whole month of September is special. He's walking around, getting married two weeks. No one forgets the month that they're getting married. What month are you getting married? September! I got married in September! Oh, September's amazing! You can't wait! You have to drink? Why are you drinking? Well, I'm getting married September 15th. That's not a a good sign. That's not a good sign at all. It's a very bad sign. So, the Shulchan Aruch told us, after what I just told you, the Shulchan Aruch told us, well, this is what you have to be, do to be happy. You're insulting our Kurdish Baruch. What do you mean? You're not happy enough that we have this crazy day where your Kola Peshit Yap nice and long? You're not happy about the day that Klaus came back to Hashem and said, We love you more than you love us. You wrote us off, but we didn't write you off. We don't have any other day like this. This is a crazy day to learn and to daven and to be steeped in Kedusha and to talk to Kodesh Baruch Hu. This is bigger than Yom Kippur. Because Yom Kippur you got to earn. Purim you don't have to earn. It's a crazy day. It's a crazy moment. So that's why we have the four mitzvahs of Purim. It's exactly like this little boy getting hit by the car. He says, Megillah Esther, when the parents, right? When the parents heard that the, the nurse came out and said, "We got a life back." The first thing he did was call everybody and say, "He's alive." So Megillah's asked, do we get up?" Pasume nisa, and we tell everybody, "Hashem thought we were dead. We're not dead." Everyone has to hear about it. The mitzvah is pasume nisa because everyone that's listening to Megillah would have been dead because our parents would have been dead, so we wouldn't be here today. So let's pasume nisa, he says. And he says, "Could you imagine how much tzedakah those parents vowed to give when they thought their child was?" being operated on, and when they thought he was gone, and when, they, when he came back, they were like, anything anybody wanted, go home, all the envelopes, you know, he told his wife, send everybody a check. Everybody gets a check. And imagine a poor person would have walked into the hospital at that time, but they weren't sure how the operation, Tzedakah, 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 how much do you want? Here's his kid, here's my son's name, just say it over, 14 times. Please, we'll give you a dollar, ten dollars for every time you say it. So, my Slav Yainim, Matanah Slav Yainim, to give tzedakah, because how close we were to being destroyed, and now that we're here. <coughs> Shlach manos, all the friends come to the party. Haha, my barrel made it, everyone's invited. All Kaiser, we're all friends, we're all saved. Everyone has to give everybody presents, everyone has to be happy. This is the day that we thought we were dead, and we're back. Shlachmanos. Su'udas Purim is the Suda Suda. He says every single part, every mitzvah of Purim is connected to that moment. That moment lives with Kleistwal as the greatest moment that we have. Don't waste it. Don't waste your Purim. That's why I came to speak here today. Don't waste your Purim. Just put out your hand. Talk to a tell him what you need this is the day that Yitzharah will do whatever he can but you don't do that what a moment Hashem live every Purim. what a moment boys where we stood up we took the step Hashem said no, we said yes we never did that before so Mashiach is unbelievable, and it's an unbelievable moment and the fruition of what Hashem said that in the end I'm going to save you all but Purim we saved ourselves we stepped in we stepped in we made the move when we thought everything was gone that's a moment that's that's, that's absolutely amazing your Tfillah on Purim is so amazing don't get drunk that you can't dab in Mincha of course he doesn't want you to dab in Mincha and, and if you look in the Shul it says very befarious. don't drink enough that you can't have Kavana by Davin it says it it's very clear don't drink enough that you can't have Kavana by Davani. that's the time to daven. so of course he wants you drunk what you lay on the floor, Why'd you. Oh, what did you do, Purim? Man, I got glitched at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I stuck the whole day. The whole day. I missed the whole day. And Hashem had your beautiful bicycle and everything that you wanted waiting for you. And you never stuck your hand out because you were snoring. So a lot of us miss this whole Purim. And it's not a day that we should miss. It is the most holy day, and that's what I came here to tell you. Take this Purim, you're in air and stroll. You go to Basik in my Kaiser. Oh my gosh. You can go to the, the holiest place in the holiest land at the holiest time and you can say to our Baruch Hu, forget about yourself say the whole Kodesh is putting out their hand we're going through such terrible times Hashem you once gave up on us and we didn't give up on you don't give up on us we're assimilating we got all kinds of crazy stuff that we're doing wrong don't give up remember Purim remember that time when we were macabre. remember that moment and get us out of here I want to finish with this. There's one other... I'm late, so I've got to do this really fast. There's one other very big lesson that you need to take from Purim. And that's Esther. I'll tell it to you very fast. I think I mentioned it a little bit last time, but I'll tell it to you very, very fast. So Esther Amalka, so she lost her father, the Medjash says, when her mother was three months pregnant. And when her mother gave birth, Esther, uh, She died. So Esther HaMalkin never had any parents whatsoever. Mordechai adopted her. Mom's at childbirth. She never had any parents. So you can imagine. And, and, and the, and the major said that she never came out of the house. She was a big tznua. She was crazy tznua. Nobody ever saw her until they took her to the king's house. You can you imagine? From being a Beis snuwa tsnua tsnua to the harem of Akashverosh. It's like crazy. And no parents. No parents. Okay. So... Mordecai tells her, you know, you've got to go to the king, you've got to help us, you've got to do something. And she sends back, but don't you know, if I go to the king and he doesn't, and I wasn't called, I'm going to die. So this is the answer to her. If you waver, at this moment, you, you're lost, your father's house is lost, and maybe for this moment you became who you are, but you need to know. That if it doesn't come through, it will come through someone else. What is he giving her this rap session? The girl's telling you, "I'm scared. They're going to chop my. They're going to. They're going to chop my head off." So tell her, "Listen, Shefullah, my, my niece. Um, we know that you're in danger in Klaishvili. We're going to. We're going to all safety hilen, and we're going to fast." And we're going to Davin, and all the base yaku's are going to have a yo'iyun, right? <laughs> and, and, and we're going to do a big thing on like Snias right? We're going to do a big thing on like Snias and a lotion hara, and the guys are not going to leave the base Medrash and we are going to turn over every table. Then you'll go into the king, and everything will be okay. What do you worry about, Esther? Hashem is here, Hashem is everywhere. Didn't I bring you up correctly? Instead, instead of giving her a good physics speech, he's like, now you listen to me. If you waver and you don't go, you're a loser. Your parents are a bunch of losers. And don't worry. If you don't go, we'll get someone else. (laughs) How how do you understand this every year? That's how he's talking to his niece. And she says, right, Mordechai is Mordechai. She says, okay, I'll go, but Yom Yun and sneers and all that stuff and and fast and do all that why did he say that? why did he say to Esther we know you're in danger we're going to davenish and going to be with you you don't have to worry about the stupid king you worry about a king he doesn't give that speech he, he's giving her a very hard time right? he's trash talking her actually it's like if you don't go you're nothing you're a loser okay? take the shot you don't want to take the shot? Get off the court. Pretty much in a different language. Right? You're a player or you're not a player. You want to sit on the bench? Sit on the bench. You're there. You're by the king. Take the shot. Or well, sit on the bench. So, it's very hard to understand. I'm going to tell you what happened. So the Medrash says, I love, I mean, it's a crazy Medrash. The Medrash says, to the mom lawyers, you can look it up. He brings down the Medrash. That, that, yeah, it's just a loss. This is crazy, a crazy man. okay Oh, you think I'm talking about the school? Alright. I am. Okay, but anyway, listen to this. So the Medrash says the following. The Medrash says that the Sarshal Esav, the Sarshal Esav came to Shemayim, came to Hashem, before this Sezeria, and he said that we have a right to destroy Klai Yisrael, and Amalek, because we have Kibut of aim. For all the time that Yaakov was by love under the 21 years, Esau was doing kibbutz of and the The Medrash said that Esau never served his father a drink without wearing shower's clothing. So you can imagine. Right? You can imagine. Yitzhak said, can you get me a tea? Hold on. Took a shower and a shave. Right? Blow dried his hair. Put on a suit. He said, here, Ta. Here's your drink. Right? Gets back into bed. Tries to go to sleep. And, and Rift goes like, oh, what about me? Oh, my gosh. Back into the shower. And Yitzhak's like, by the way, you, you didn't bring me any crackers. So, oh my gosh! Every five minutes, right? But it says that he put on his suit every single time. He was crazy and cured in killed over So the social A said, "Now we're collecting. Now we're collecting those 21 years." Okay, he had a good time, because Yaakov Avinu mice of the last seven years, he worked. And that's not what his mother told him to do. His mother said, go get married. So that they wanted to bring a riot that he worked, that the whole thing wasn't Kivut Oveim. That's what the Sashal have said. If it was only of him, he should have come back with his two wives. What's with the making money business? So that's Lama out to show you that the whole thing wasn't of Oveim. And he blew away the 21 years of Yaakov. So we were in big trouble. So it was a big din husband in Shema'in. And Gabriel, Ma'ash Gabriel, went to re- represent us, and he said... Asaph uh, Asa was good, but we have someone better. And she's living right now. Really? Sasha says, who's this? This girl named Esther. Really, why is she better? Because she never had parents, so she never aggravated her parents, never answered them back. Asaph aggravated Rifka, and Asaph, because he brought up going to Zorah, ended up the smoke going into Yitzhak's eyes and according to one man, they made him blind. So even though he was very good in But he also had some bad. She, perfect. She never did anything wrong. Sasha Asaf came and said, that's very nice, but you never did anything right. You're right, she never did anything wrong, but you never did Kivar Gabriel Gamriel came and said, sorry, by Jews, Mach Shavachim when it comes to a mitzvah. And I will show you that every day of her life, she cried to Hashem that she did not have parents, not because of PTA, but because she wanted to do of Aim. She cried every single day. So every day of her life, she was Mekayim a whole 24 hours of Aim because it bothered her that she could not do the Nesra. So we have a girl that is 100% perfect in of Aim. You have Esav that did crazy of Aim, but he wasn't 100% perfect. So in Shemayim, they passed him, but the only one in Klyisroh, that could take Haman down, could take Sarshal Esau down, was Esther. And Mordechai knew this. So Mordechai, is so beautiful. So Mordechai said to Esther, Esther, if you, who don't have parents, who are the the only one that can take Haman down, in the Hareish Tacharishi, if if you're going to waver, and you're not going to do this, act Ubezavich, you and your father, but if you're not going to go up and save them the whole thing is a loss there was no reason for them to die you could have parents, you could have PTA you could have, you, could have, you could have had Abbas Mitzvah with them you lost everything you are not standing up at the moment that you were born into the world for and don't you think that no one else can do it because there always will be somebody else will always be someone else. But at this moment, you are the only one. So you need to step up. And she said, fine. Fine. But you got a dollar for me. I still need to feel it. So he wasn't trash talking her. He was making a statement. And he said, this is why you suffered your whole life. At Ubeis and it talks about Shaul? because she came from Shaul, And Shaul was the one, the reason, because of the mistake he made, was the reason that Haman was alive. Because there would have been no Haman. Because he let you live. So he said to her, You are from the house of Shaul. If you don't stand up, the whole house of Shaul will be punished. Because you are the one that can make the Takana. He caused the problem. You can fix the problem. You are the chosen. But you still have a choice, he said. And this is such an important lesson. You still could step down. He let us know that he knew that she may not step up. Like I told you last time, you could step up or you could step down. Because he said at the end, he says, if you do not step up, somebody else will. So it's possible that you won't step up. And that's why it's called Megillah Esther, not Megillah Purim, not Megillah Mordechai to Esther. It's Esther. Esther was her moment, and she stepped uh, and that's why it's called Megillah Esther and the reason that I'm telling you all this and I've been telling you in all the seminaries the reason I'm telling you this is that all of us, everyone in this room I'm sure has some stuff that he went through for whatever reason and most of it's not stuff that we chose we have very little choice in this world, as Rav shimshin says, that you're a boy, that you're a Jew, that those are your parents, that that's your family, that you're in this issue, wherever you are, right? Most of it wasn't your choice, most of it is, you were left there, that's, that's your parents, you, what, you didn't pick your parents, you didn't pick your siblings, and you're not going to pick your wife, even though you think you're going to pick your wife. 40 days before they made a big announcement. They already printed the invitations in Shemayim, Right? They said, who are you going to marry? So why do we have this love? And I met her. and Because Hashem knows if He's going to tell you your wife is picked already, you're going to be not interested. So you got to go through this whole motion. And He gave all these emotions and the flowers and the wings and all, all this business. So you should think, you're, these girls, they write sometimes an invitation in Bechiras Libo. No, nah, you wish. Right? <laughs> it happened way before Bechiras Libo. So, so pretty much all of us in this room, like, we don't have much material, you know? what you look like, you know, I always wanted to be like 6'4", you know I used to dive and I used to stretch my hands like, come on Hashem, come on, right <laughs> it's not my genetics, that wasn't my choice my choice, would I would have been 6'4", four. would have helped me a lot in basketball, right, but I'm not 6'4 and I look a certain way, and a lot of the stuff that we have in life is not our choice so Hashim so Shin said what's your choice, and he said your choice is what to do with the things you have no choice All the things that you are—that you are a guy, that you are Jewish—that was no choice. That those are your parents, and those are your siblings, and some of the stuff that happened to you in your life that you did not choose to happen to you. Right? All this stuff happens is not your choice. But what is your choice? Your choice is in the chareish tacharishi If you take those choices, the things that happen to you. And you waver, and you don't use them. Instead, you fall apart, and you get depressed, and you go off the derech, and you've had it because of what you went through. At ubeisavich tevedu, all the stuff you went through was a waste of time. You didn't know. You didn't need to go through it. The reason we go through stuff is to use our stuff to help others. I was invited in L.A. It was very sad. I was in L.A. a few years ago, and somebody asked me if I would talk to a bunch of kids who lost a parent. I had some parents that had passed away so they, they wanted like a chizik group I should give a chizik speech for girls ages 6 to 16 who, lost, who, don't have, who are missing one parent who died or whatever happened to them not divorced, who died I said okay, alright, I'll do that I have a good story, Moshe Rabbeinu, what he went through and, and I'll give them chizik so I walk into this person's house and there's 22 kids in a circle every one of them had lost a parent or two and I went to the middle of the room and I'm, I'm looking at these little girls and I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought they'd be five, six, there's over 20. And I gave him a whole Moshe Rabbeinu speech and I think it went very good and Moshe Beno couldn't speak and he was adopted and he went through, you know, and at the end of the day, he came through and, you know, we don't have these choices in life, Hashem took away your pe- And I gave him this because there were some mothers there and they were crying and I thought I did a really great job. And I'm finished my speech, and you know when you're good. I knew I was good that time, right? So <laughs> all these kids were right into it, and there's this one little. And I said, "Okay, any questions?" I'll never forget this. I said, "Any questions?" This one little nine-year-old kid. She raises her hand. Rabbi Wallerstein, can I ask you something? I'm like, "Sure." What's your name? She tells me her name. I say, "How old are you?" I'm nine. I'm feeling, okay, I'm not worried about this kid. She's nine. <laughs> Rabbi Wallerstein, I'm nine. I'm like, very nice. Can I ask you? When you were nine, did you have a mommy? I said, Yeah. Oh, I'm like, you didn't know my mother. Why'd you do that, right? You know, <laughs> what are you doing, right? But it was like, oh, so you don't really understand what I'm going through, like uh, downer. So then she said to me, she wasn't finished. She said, <laughs> She said, do you have a mommy now? I said, yes, Baruch Hashem, I do. Oh, you still have a mommy? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she said, okay, she got up. I want you to know. She got up and she just walked off her chair, and they all just got up and walked away. I had them. I thought I had them. All walked out. I lost them all. Every kid. My whole speech, my everything. Gone. Because what are you what are you doing? You, you got a mommy. What are you talking to us? I don't got a mommy. What do you understand my pain? A little nine-year-old. I lost them all. I have to tell you something weird. I should forgive me. I was standing there. All these kids are like, bye, no more questions. I said, no more questions? Nobody wants to ask any questions? They're all gone. And I was like, at that moment, thinking, oh, I wish my mother would have died. Honest. I'm being honest. I wish I could have said to her, mommy? When I was nine years old, I didn't have a mommy, a tante, or any brothers. (laughs) They were all like... Gone. And why did I wish that? Why did I wish that? Because had I said, had I answered that question and said, no, I did not have a mommy when I was nine years old, this girl would have looked at me and said, wow, you're just like me. I can one day be Rabbi Wallerstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, being very, very, very serious. But I, I didn't go through that. I didn't go through that trauma. So I couldn't answer that. So, I went through my stuff and I told, about, I told it to you about last year. So, my thing was, changed, changed you know, what happened to me and the embarrassment and everything. I felt all that pain. So, a lot of people went through the same pain I did and they didn't go into Chinuch. And after, after 120 years, all the kids that they could have saved because they understood them, it's going to be a din What a word. You and your whole family are lost If you didn't use what you went through To help others, said Mardachai Wow What a vart for Mardachai And don't you think That if you don't help other people That Hashem doesn't have someone else But if you help them It's going to be called Migilas Esther Not Migilas Miriam Or Chaya Or Yehudis Or Sarah Because Esther stood up So it's Megilas Esther But don't you think if you didn't stand up there wouldn't be a McGillas Miriam? Somebody else would have stood up. That's the lesson of Purim. That's the lesson of Purim. That's the lesson of Esther Hamalka. She took her pain that she had no parents and used it to save all of us. Everyone in this room has something. And you need to know that you're being watched. There are kids here, and I'm not mentioning any names because I don't even know them, but there are guys here who struggled before they came to Medrash. And they weren't doing so good, and they weren't in yeshiva, and they had friends that were hanging and chilling in all the wrong places, and girls, and guys. And they stepped out. And all those kids are watching you. And even though they're not here in Medrash, they're watching you. And if you succeed, then they're going to look at him and say, well, he was one of us and he made it, then I can make it. But if you're going to fail, they're going to say, you see, I was thinking of going to go to Medrash. I was thinking of taking this trip that he took. I was thinking of getting from, and being like him, and not talking like any girls. Look what happened to him. The two years he went, then he came back to America, he's right back where the rest of them are. I'm not even taking this trip. I'm not even going to try it. They're all watching every one of you. You should know that. And if you make it, then they're going to walk out of the room like that girl would have walked out of the room and said, I could be a Rabbi Wallerstein. And if you don't make it, some two or three or four or five kids are not going to even try. So you stepped up and you're here. Don't step down. Because you have a bigger responsibility than the kid who never stepped up. Because they're all watching you and they're all betting that you're going to fail. Because they don't want to take this trip. It's a hard trip. So they're hoping that you fail. Yeah, he's going to do good for you too. He's going to be talking to girls in Israel. He's going to be doing all the other stuff. He's going to fall. They're betting on it that you. They want you to fall because if you don't fall, then they got to look at themselves and say, "Well, if he did it and he was one of us, why can't I do it?" And that's what Mordechai said. You're being watched, and you need to step up. Do not waver. Do not waver. This is your mission because you were in a bad place. You got a backpack. I always say it's like a, backpack. a hotel backpack. If you want a tell they open the backpack thing out. They got it paddles and, and oxygen and, 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 and needles and everything that they need to bring back a person to life a guy that went through something in his life in his backpack may be girls in his backpack may be drugs who knows what's in that backpack but if he overcomes it then he could go to a kid who's drugging and he could take out his backpack and say I was there I did this now look who I am I'm married with kids i make a panasa I am good I am sober you can save that kid. I don't have that in my backpack. I never did drugs. I was a hockey player. You know that from last time. I don't have that in my backpack. I got kids in pain in my backpack. Kids who are embarrassed. Kids who got hit. I got that in my backpack. I can talk to kids and say, I went through that. That's in my backpack. Everyone in this room has a different backpack. And you need to look at what's in there, right? And you need to use it to help others. And maybe they'll write a McGill and Shemaim about you. And it'll have a name about you. How you saved... One other kid, which is saving our whole world. So my bracha to all you guys is that this Purim, you should be smart enough. You should put your hand out to Hashem and ask Him for the right things. And He will put it in our hands. And we should all ask Hashem to end this gullif that we're in. should put in our hands